Hello and welcome to the Power of Healing Your Energy show. This show is all about your light, your intuition, your soul's purpose. And did you know depression and anxiety are a side effect of not living your life intuitively, not trusting your gut, the lost connections with your higher self and others. So let's go higher and feel deeper. Hello, I'm Christine with 24 Karat Healing. I'm spiritual medium, intuitive energy coach and old soul healer. And this is episode 34, The Power of Jesse Paul Smith. And we're going to be talking about dreaming, exploring, finding, and living from your authentic self. And Jesse is a certified speaker, trainer, and coach. And he's also co-owner, inspired, motivated, leadership, business development, facetto, sales trainer, and hip-hop dancer. Yes, you heard me, hip-hop dancer. <laughs> We're going to talk about that uh, further. But he had has danced with Rihanna and Justin Timberlake and more. So welcome. Hi, Jesse. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you very much uh, for, for joining. I, I know you're very busy. But, uh, this is an honor. I appreciate it. I love I love getting to, to hang out with cool people like yourself. So this is an honor. <laughs> oh, thank you. I guess, you know, the first question I've had lots of people ask me because um, they, of course, they seen that, you know, you're a certified speaker, trainer, coach. Of course, they go right to the hip hop dancer and then they see the names, you know, Rihanna, Justin Timberlake. And of course, our ego and we like to assume that you were living, you know, the magical um, star filled life, right? The fast track. So yeah. what, what happened between hip hop dancing to what you're doing now? Yeah, that's, that's a loaded question. I hope you have a full cup of coffee. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, the, the, uh, when I was dancing out there, I moved out there in 2005 and, um, I was starting to get some success in the industry. I had done a Pepsi commercial with Justin Timberlake I'd done a few uh, reality TV shows on MTV. Um, I did a Nike promotional with Rihanna on her SOS music video. And then also started to, um, I got to do some commercial work with uh, Channing Tatum and all of the Step Up One uh, cast. And oh, crew. wow. And, uh, and it, it was at that time that, you know, the dance scene really started to get put in, I mean, with movies like Honey and movies like You Got Served and stuff, that started to happen. But really in that time frame was when, you know, Step Up 2 um, and that started to conceptualize. And that's also when the dance world started to get put in more mainstream, you know, media. And um, and but uh, I, I started I started coming up, but. Um, I had a, a situation that I needed to come home for. My parents are actually missionaries and mm. we're getting ready to move to Africa. And at the time I was the only one where I have four siblings or three siblings, but I was the only one of four that could help manage their estate. So I came back and uh, I came back and told my, told my, uh, my agency, uh, I was re represented by McDonald's Sales and Associates. I told my agency that I would be back in three months. Well, when I pulled into the driveway of my parents' place, my transmission fell out of my car. Oh, gee. And uh, at the time to get home, I mean, I had been doing some work, but when you're doing work like that and you're coming up in the industry, you're not making a ton of money. A lot of that stuff you're doing for resume builders, you're making some money, you know, but, you know, I had bills and other things to take care of. So, um, I left LA with $380 in my pocket wow. and it took most of that to get home. Um, and, uh, so when I got home and my transmission fell out of my car, I didn't know what to do. I oh. was stuck. Hmm. So I had to, I had to get creative and I had to reinvent myself. And, um, but that was when my first, um, soon, right, right around that time was when I had my first battle of depression and started okay. to, started to really understand what it meant to, uh, you know, not just feel sad, but really truly understand what it means to not understand what the purpose of life was anymore. Mm, yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I get that. I, I feel you on that. I, <laughs> I struggle with that my whole life. So, um, and, yeah, when you're in it, and I mean when you're really in it, it's very—it's like being at the bottom of a well. That's how I see it. Yep. 
Yep. And so I had to get really creative and, and, uh, you know, I, I, I obviously taught dance classes back home. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, people heard about what I had been doing. So I was able to do some workshops and stuff like that. But, um, but then how I got into speaking actually was I got a call. Um, uh, I started, I started to do, um, dance for as many artists as I could even locally. So I started to put my name out there for Minneapolis and stuff like that. And there was a music festival that was in, it was actually a Christian music festival okay. in um, Wilmer, Minnesota. I'm going to go there and I'm just going to dance my head off and everybody and anybody's going to see me and know that <laughs> I'm a hip hop dancer and I'm just going to try to get as much of attention as I possibly can. Well, it was interesting because while I was out there, I got a call from a, um, I got a call from an agency or, uh, from a, a, a program called upward bound and, mm-hmm. um, upward bound. Basically, if you've never heard of that program is they take first generation college kids. So kids that have had come from families that have never been to college mm. and, um, and they give them this program that basically prepares them for college and helps them understand how to get into it and understand how to succeed in college. And they asked me to come and share my story. They were like, hey, listen, we know that you're from Superior, Wisconsin. We know that, you know, you didn't have a silver spoon in your mouth. You came from a, you know, lower middle class family and and uh, no connections and made it out to Hollywood. And pretty much everybody thinks here that you're kind of a, a dream chaser and then you won. And we would love to hear your story. And I was like, awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> we didn't talk about pay. We didn't talk about nothing. I was just super excited to be able to go. And I was like, man, I never thought about this. And so it was then that this whole idea of using dancing and speaking together uh, really kind of was birthed for me because I, right after I was done, they asked me to do a two-hour stint. I, I, I delivered. Everybody had a blast. And uh, they they were super, super excited. And they said, we're going to tell all the Upward Bound chapters that's connected to us about you. And they handed me this envelope. And I didn't think much of it. I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, they gave me an envelope suite. So I go up to my car and curiosity had finally killed me at that point. I'm like, what's in this envelope? So I open <laughs> the envelope up to find a check for 250 bucks. And I'm like, oh, wow. Wait a minute. I can get paid and do this and speak. And so I started calling high schools. I started calling colleges. I started calling anywhere that I could. And that's when I started booking high school assemblies and started traveling all over the world doing that. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. I, I love that. I, and, and the fact that you gave something, I mean, that that's how the, you know, uh, law of attraction works. Mm-hmm. The, the more you give, um, it just, it's cyclical. It keeps coming back. And that's exactly what you did. That's how I, and that's what you continue to do. Um, and you've been 15 years, you've been traveling the country. Um, you, and talk about Africa. Yeah, man, that was such a cool, that was such a cool experience on so many different levels. Um, my parents now now they're missionaries in Belize. They work in um, they work in in a lot of churches in Belize, equipping prep pastors and teaching them leadership and stuff. But for a long time, they were in Malawi, Africa, setting up churches, um, uh, raising up pastors, doing all that kind of stuff. And my mom brought me over there with her. It was just me and her. My dad was stayed back at home. Um, and I did a bunch of concerts at that point because I was just about to launch my album at that point. And, uh, so I, uh, went over there to do some concerts and then she wanted me to teach, um, some, some, some leader, basic leadership stuff for village chiefs that they had. Cause my mom and dad had built up a lot of relationships with village chiefs and we went there for 10 days and we had, I, I think we had a total of 10 different events that we did in 10 days. And, um, it was just back to back to back to back. And, what, what, what was, there was some of the most pivotal things that happened in that. So in Malawi, um, where, where we were at, Malawi is considered, you know, at the time was considered the third poorest country on the planet. Mm. And, um, where we were at, it was the, the capital of the, of Malawi and, uh, which is called a long way. And it was interesting because you would have 
shopping centers, people that were, I mean, I mean, they're selling, you know, big 45 or, you know, 46, 50 inch green TVs where we can buy them here for 500 bucks. They're selling them for 1700 over there, 2000 wow. over there. They're mm-hmm. selling iPhones for 2200 bucks. I mean, when I went over there, I had an iPhone and it was the newer model at the time. It was an iPhone five. And I had people offering me like 16, 1700 bucks for it. Um, because it was brand new and, uh, like just the amount of money. So that was interesting to me because you'd have all that, but then literally right across the street, you you had, you had no, no indoor plumbing and majority of Malawi makes less than $250 a year. And what I, what was interesting to me, and, and I'm not, I don't want to make this a, I don't want to make this a, a political or any kind of an argument, but this was, this was the first time that I recognized that poverty was an awareness issue, mm. not a resource issue. Absolutely. Because I watched, there was men that were just sitting on the side of the street, right across the street. There was hiring now signs mm-hmm. everywhere. And when I would talk to the shop owners, one of the things that they said that they would have a hard time finding people that were willing to work. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I know that there's many more logistics that go into that. And I, again, I don't want to make this about a, you know, it's, it's because nobody wants to work over there, but at the same time, it was definitely, a, a it really hit home with me why you know, poverty is, is more of a mind issue than it is a resource issue because more often than not, mm-hmm. we have the ability, we just lack the awareness. Absolutely. Um, and I, there was a post. First, I want, before I go to the post, I just want to say hi to our champagne is saying hello. So we have somebody hello. saying hi. Don't be shy, guys. Let us know where you're from. If you're on the replay, please comment any questions you have. Jesse or I will get back to you. We're not going to yeah. leave you hanging, okay? Because <laughs> we realize not everybody can tune in at you know at the same time, and that's why it's put out all over the place. And that's the whole reason of uh, being online and social media is amazing. But yeah. you, there was a post um, on Instagram. I looked; there were two, and I made comments. Of course, I don't remember them, but it was about worth. Now, I work with women, and worthiness seems to be the biggest thing that shows up and not stepping into who they are, not showing up. They feel that they want to hide or they're not worthy or they'll be judged. So I I totally get the awareness. Once you figure that piece out, that's why I do this show. Once you figure out your power and heal your energy as a being – it's like the Christmas, I say the Christmas tree lights up. It's like, boom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. and I, would say, I would say the, you know, I, I've been hearing this a lot, you know, and especially it's a bigger buzzword in women's circles, mm. but I'm, I'm going to be the first male. I shouldn't be say the first male. I'm going <laughs> to be a male that raises their hand and says, listen, this isn't a gender issue. Okay. This is a humanity issue. Mm. Um, I, I would say that most of the human race doesn't understand their worth. Yes. Not, not women. I'll be honest with you. As we talk about my story, this is something that, you know, I, I do deal with this a lot when mm. it comes to my clients. I deal with it because it's a very big passion of mine because I realized the reason why I went into depression, depression was because I didn't understand that my value came from who I am, not what I do. Oh yeah. I love and that. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I heard somebody say, I can't remember who it was, but they said we're human beings, not human doings. And when I heard that, I was like, wow, that's so powerful because, um, you know, as men, we're supposed to be the provider. We're supposed to be, or that's, you know, that's what we've been taught, depending on what you're growing up in. And so we look at worthiness in a certain fashion, just like women do, right? And so if we don't amount to the standard that's put on us as men, trust me, there's a, there's a battle we, we wage with every single day on, am I really good enough? Mm. Am I really worth it? If I, you know, I'd love to earn a hundred thousand dollars a year, but do I really deserve that? Do you know who I am? Do you know all the things I've done? Do you know where all I failed? Do you know all the things that I don't have? Do you know all the things that I can't do? 
So, yeah. I mean, this isn't a gender issue. This mm. is a humanity issue. And I think we need to, I think one of the things that needs to, to break is this divide. That yes. women struggle with worthiness and men struggle with X. No, we all struggle with worthiness, period. <laughs> Yeah, very well said. I, I would agree with that. Um, Brandy is saying hello. Hi, Brandy. Hope you're having a good one. And she's saying she agrees as well. <laughs> and hey, guys, if you're watching, please share this. Share the light, share the love, and share the blessings. You never know what, you know, we're, the t we're talking about might, you know, inspire someone else, might help someone else, might dig somebody out of a rut you know, uh, of uh, depression, whatever they're going, whatever you're going through. That's why we're here. We're here to share. Um, this is all about connection. Um, and you mentioned, you just kind of, you know, when you're talking about Africa, you said, and an album. Album? Yeah. What What album? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I, I started working on an album actually in 2011. Um, I had met some pretty pretty prominent people in the industry and, and that agreed to work with me as, as an independent. Okay. And, um, I started, um, I started working with them and, and then in 2000 and right the, right at the end of 2013, the beginning of 2014, I signed a, a, a small deal with, with universal records and, okay. um, and uh, I toured around for about a, for about a year, um, prior to the album or prior to the, prior to the record deal, and stuff. I was, I was touring for a good year and a half, two years, just doing music. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, I, I had that experience. I had the good experience in music and I had the bad experience in music because fast forward, uh, fast forward in uh, August of 2014, I was $170,000 in debt. Oh my uh, goodness. About to file bankruptcy, about to lose my house and, uh, and, uh, lose my family. So it was, uh, it was a, a, a pretty, another tough, tough uh, encounter, just like all of us, right? We, mm. um, we all meet seasons of highs and we meet seasons of lows. And, and uh, I think the biggest thing that I've learned through all of that is the lows don't mean you're done. It just means it's time for a pivot. Nice, nicely done. Yeah. And um, I, I agree. I mean, when you hit, well, I don't want to say bottom and I don't wish anybody hit bottom, but there's only one way place to look is up yeah, <laughs> yeah. so uh, there's always there's always help there's always hope um, mm -hmm. it's just about faith and and trusting mm -hmm. in, in yourself mainly so um, family um, now are you do you, you have a partner children yeah so I I, uh, um, I have uh, I have a uh, a family. I've got six kids. Six. Oh, that's yeah. right. Six. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I've got six kids and, and <laughs> so that is, that is my family. And, uh, it's, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been amazing. My kids give me content for days. Let me tell you. <laughs> what are the age ranges? 16 down to four. Oh yeah. Okay. So you're, you're covering it all. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. How, how do you have time for all of that? And I bet you each one is different. Oh, in their yeah. own way. I mean, we're all different, right? I yes. Mean, this, this tells us that, right? If you look at your, okay. I, I do this all the time. I use it for my teachings, right? So um, I, I, I'm fascinated by the thumbprint. And I was looking at it one time and I was just doing research and it's, it just, it struck me so hard because you've heard that Gary, you've heard Gary V say this probably if you listen to him at all, he says, you know, you've got a 400 billion to one chance to be a human being like <laughs> the fact that you're here on the planet mm -hmm. a walking miracle um and and but before i ever heard him say that i was looking at my thumbprint and i was like man this is just kind of strange and um you know whether you believe in the universe whether you believe in god however your whatever your belief system is um you know for me i'm i'm a man of faith so I, god's the the dude for me yeah um, I, I was looking at my thumbprint and i was like why in the world would you give me these squiggly lines on my fingers i don't i don't know and i started doing research and not only do the cops value that right there's a reason for that but uh you know science has <laughs> valued it and, and what it shows is that um, science has proven that there has never been never never been a thumbprint that is identical to yours Statistics will tell you that there will never be a thumbprint of yours. And what what struck out to me is that not a, not that's not only your stamp of uniqueness. That's your stamp mm -hmm. of perfection. 
perfection. Because you're perfectly and wonderfully made. That's right. All, Absolutely. Turns out quirks, everything perfectly <laughs> and wonderfully made. And so um, I used to have a t-shirt that says, unless you own my thumbprint, don't tell me what I'm capable of. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Should bring that t-shirt back. <laughs> <laughs> People need to, you know, we need to be reminded because like we, we happen to be a Teflon uh, for the good and Velcro for the bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and Brady's just saying that's when she, she learns, I guess, when you're talking about hitting, you know, at, yeah. and yeah, we, we are here for lessons yeah. and sometimes they come back around because we didn't learn. learn. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> oh, and how boring would life be if we didn't, every day cannot be perfect. No. Every day is, I'm, I get, I'm excited when I get up every day. Cause I'm like, okay, how may I serve? What's ha going to happen today? Like, you know, rubbing the hands together. And, yeah. um, and you mentioned Gary V. I just saw a clip of him saying I'm 43 and I haven't even, well, he likes to use the F bomb, but yeah. he hasn't even started yet. I'm like, yes. You know, I love him. He has, he is, he has the enthusiasm of a four-year-old. I just, I, you know, one of the things that I, one of the things that I learned after I, after I, um, you know, uh, after I stepped away from my record label, my corporate background has been in sales. So I've done sales ever since I was out of high school. I was a one semester dropout of college, never really figured out what I wanted to do other than I wanted to make money. <laughs> I came from a family that, you know, we didn't, we weren't poor by any means, but we didn't. We, there was always, I always constantly heard my dad say there was more bills than there was money. And I didn't want to live the rest of my life in stress under finances. So I knew that I wanted to make a lot of money, but I knew that when I went to college, I just, it just wasn't for me. And so, um, mm -hmm. the only jobs back then when I was looking for jobs, it was in the classifieds. We didn't have, right. We didn't have in. Oh yeah. Looking through the old classifieds guys. Right. right. And the only <laughs> job that was advertising, you know, making, you know, good money without a, a college degree was sales jobs. Mm -hmm. So, um, I got into sales early on. Well, once I got out of, once I got out of, uh, the record label, I actually had a friend of mine that was, uh, about to take over a failing, hearing healthcare franchise selling hearing aids. And he had had some extreme success in that industry. And he and I had known each other for a, a long time. And he said, man, he's, I got a great opportunity here. How about you? How about you hop on board with me and help me turn this franchise around? And we did, we brought that franchise from 476,000 in sales to 4.4 million in, in just four years. We crushed it. And That's amazing. Well, one of the things that was the most valuable thing during that time was I mean, I sat with people, your average, you know, the average age of our patients were, you know, 60 plus, right? They mm -hmm. were in the, the last chapter of their life. And I remember, I remember really, I asked, I asked somebody this question and I phrased it in a way, the last time I ever phrased it was this way was when I asked this guy, I go, so, you know, what is the, what, what would you, ex what would you give me for advice for a guy, you being in the last chapter of your life, what would you give to me? for somebody that, you know, is, is maybe in the middle chapter. He says, young man, he says, I might be 88 years old, but I'm just getting started. Oh. And, <laughs> and, and I, I, I got really taken back by that. Wow. He, goes, he goes, no, don't, he goes, understand age is a mindset. And he goes, the second I believe I'm leaving is when I will start leaving. Mm. He says, but the more I wake up every day, understanding that today's a new day, so therefore I consistently experience new beginnings. And uh, I'll tell you that I learned some of my most valuable lessons sitting down with people uh, in that frame of my life because uh, the, the, the wisdom they brought and the insight that they brought was, man, just spectacular. It is. And they're a lot of fun. They're like, you know, having a second wave of children, basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I worked with seniors, so I know all about that. I mean, I, I felt like I had my grand, grandma and grandpa with me at, at all times. It was, it was great. Yeah. And we are not here to pay bills and die. No. No. <laughs> and yeah. we all have, like, I don't know about you, but we all have this burning desire to find our soul's purpose. That's what we're here for. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. You weren't put it by accident. 
Mm, exactly, exactly. Uh, wow, and I, yeah, that going from half a million dollars to over 4.4, that, that's amazing. I've seen that in your bio as well. Um, and now it looks like you're um, working with in a team. John Maxwell, is that, um, I for some reason, I think realtor, is that correct? Well, so John Maxwell is um, arguably the number one author on leadership. Uh, he's written oh, okay. books on, on leadership. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm a certified speaker, trainer, and coach with his team. They have about 30,000 uh, certified speakers and trainers and coaches uh, worldwide. And uh, I'm a part of that team. I, I, uh, I have been with them now for almost three years. I have also been able to, uh, that is where I really started to blend my, my dancing, my music, and uh, my sales training together because uh, I've done work on stage now with John, with some of the leaders, and and they've actually had me uh, use my dancing as a part of uh, teaching leadership. So it's been pretty fun. Yeah, that is fun. I mean, I I think of you know Tony Robbins. I mean, yeah. he gets everybody going because I mean I've been to some trainings before, and I'll tell you, I felt like falling asleep. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or if it's the Monday morning meeting, the sales meeting, I, I have 20 years of sales experience. It's like, uh, no thanks. I'd rather watch the paint dry. I just, it was awful. So if to have somebody like yourself. <laughs> yeah, and, it's, it's, yeah. Crazy. it's crazy how many, how much time is wasted with unproductive meetings. Um, hmm. It's, it's meetings are, meetings are amazing if they're used properly and used, uh, you know, it's, it blows my mind how many times I've gone into companies or work with entrepreneurs or anything when they go in, what's you going to do for your meeting? Oh, I don't know. We'll just probably talk about this, talk about that. You're just winging it. There's no, there's no plan in place. Now I'm, I am definitely a visionary. Um, I'm definitely not an integrator. I'm not mm -hmm. super detailed. But I've had to learn that if you don't have a plan, one thing you will plan for is to fail. And uh, so it's it's important to have a plan. But on top of that, um, you know, you need to you need to make sure that you're in the right mindset to learn and you need to make sure that your brain's firing on all cylinders. And as Tony knows, the reason why he gets up everybody and I mean, if you go to a Tony event, if anybody, of you, if any of you have been to a Tony event, you know it's like a five-day rock concert. And the reason for that is because he understands that if you're going to learn and experience everything that's going to change your life, you've got to be at a peak state. And the mm -hmm. only way to get yourself at a peak state is if your body is in a peak state. And so you can't be in a peak state. And for those of you that have experienced depression, this is also really important. Your body operates based on the patterns that you're doing. So when you're depressed, your body acts a certain way. When yeah. you're excited, your body acts a certain way. When we're depressed, we're not at a peak state to be able to learn, receive. Um, we're not at a, we're not at, we're not at the best way for us to, to live our best life, to learn how to live our best life. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to be able to learn, you need to be able to put your body in a position where it's going to learn and if you're alert and you're in a good mood, you're, it, science has proven you're more receptive to learning and things stick better and, and you, you, your brain just has the ability to put pieces together. So, you know, the John Maxwell team has brought me on to, to help them liven the room up so that that way every morning, you know, they're ready to go. Everybody's ready to go. We got 3000 people in, in that event uh, wow. every, every six months and you spend in four days of consistent learning and your brain's about to melt by the time you're two and a half days in, you know, you, you got to keep your body up and in, in, in a peak state. And so, um, you know, they have used me to help do that. It's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Keep the, keep the vibrations high. And I think there was a reason with confusion because up in Canada, there is such a thing as uh, Maxwell Realty. So oh, anyways, yeah. yeah so, <laughs> Oh, what a blonde moment. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I will do it to myself. I don't care. Um, <laughs> if you can't laugh at yourself, I mean, That's come on. Right. That's right. 
Uh, so authentic self, I, that yeah. was the whole, so what, what's your take on, cause you hear it all the time. Oh, I want to be authentic. Or are you being your authentic self? It's like, we throw it around. Like, um, I don't know. We just like putting on perfume. We just kind of spray it around and yeah, I'm authentic. Yeah. I want your take on that. Man, this is, this is such a powerful, um, this is such a powerful topic because I, I agree with you. I think right now it's a real big buzzword. Um, just mm -hmm. like for a long time, leadership was a buzzword um, that people threw around, but very few people went beyond the surface. And, um, and this is something that I'm right now in the middle of researching because I'm in another pivot of my life. But, you know, this, this moment of authenticity, you know, didn't really become as real to me as, um, as honestly of August of 2018. And this is why. So as I told you, I was in music for a long time. And when that record label went bad, here's how I protected myself. I'm kind of a go big or go home guy. So I'm either all in or I'm all out. Right. Yeah. And so when my record deal failed, I walked away from everything that mm -hmm. related to music. I stopped dancing. I stopped writing music. The only thing that I was doing is that I've been involved as a, as a worship pastor for, um, and, and worship team leader for my church for a really long time. And so that's what I did, but I basically showed up on Sunday, played music. And that was about as much, we practiced on Wednesday, but that was about as much of music as I touched. Yeah. And, um, and you know, when I was in the hearing healthcare business, um, so, you know, you've probably seen as I'm moving my hands, I'm all tatted up. I've got piercings. I don't have my earrings in right now. Your but tattoos I, are beautiful, by the yeah, way. Thank you very much. But when I was when I was in the hearing healthcare business, I covered all that up. Took mm. all the piercings out, wore the shirt and tie. Now, this is not a conversation about whether or not you should wear a certain a suit and tie. Okay. But here's here's the key is that when I got when when we transitioned out of the hearing healthcare business into the consulting world where we wanted to work with business owners and and stuff. Um, you know, and I was going to the John Maxwell team conferences then, um, I would wear these really expensive tailored suits because in my mind, I wanted to work with CEOs of companies. Yeah. And so I had a thought in my mind, what those types of people wanted and who they wanted to work with. So they would want to, who's going to want to work with some, some music guy, not, nobody's going to take him seriously because if you see me walk in the street right now, um, I wear ripped jeans and long tail tees like some 18 year old. Okay. I still dress like I'm 18. And, um, but I was all worried about what people were going to think. And as a performer, if there's any performers on here, uh, creatives alike, I would say we all thrive off of the opinions of others because that's how we know we're, we're creating something that people love. Yeah. And so as a performer that lives on stage a lot, um, you know, I, I read crowds for a living. I can tell if they're really into it. And, and at some point, sometimes if you get too over the top of being worried about other people's opinion, then you start living for other people. Mm. Now, every day I got up for work, I lived for the opinions of other people. If I wanted a new client, okay, they're going to spend 20, 30, 40, maybe $100,000 with us. They're going to want me to look a certain way. So when I would go to these John Maxwell team conferences, there's, there's three different people that typically go to these John Maxwell team conferences. One are speakers, trainers, and coaches that are trying to build some sort of a speaking training coaching business, right? Yeah. Well, then you have other people. John is also known for being an, uh, an amazing personal growth and development mentor, trainer, teacher. So people will just go to the conferences just for that. Well, then you also have people that are a part of companies that are looking for speakers and trainers and coaches in the John Maxwell team to bring in to speak and train and coach their teams. Well, I wanted to connect with those types of people. So I would show up in my nice suit, make sure the tie was real nice, make sure that the tailor had this thing fitted for me just right because, you know, that's how I was going to impress people. And I would go and I would connect with people at lunch and, you know, I would, I would, uh, you know, I would maybe meet 
10, 15 people, maybe, at a conference. And and I mean have a genuine connection with those people, right? Mm-hmm. You know, all the while, music is still a, a heartbeat of mine. So, you know, the best way that I can I can I can identify it is my grandfather before he passed away had a had a heart condition. So he was running on 25% of his heart. Mm. Well, that's how I felt. I was running on 25% of my heart because I thought that that passion of mine, that that chapter of my life was done because I looked at that failure. I looked at that failed record deal as an indication for this wasn't meant to be. This wasn't meant to be me. This wasn't, you know, this was a pipe dream. And, and here's what I want you, I want you to really understand. And I, my mentor, Paul Martinelli taught me this is, is rang true with me. Too many people, don't live out their purpose because they fall in love with the plan. And when their plan doesn't work, they abandon their purpose. Hmm. You want your purpose to look a certain way. Yes. You're walking yeah. around with a closed hand. You're not walking around with an open one. And that's what I did. So I thought, okay, my music stuff is done. My purpose now is to help people in the sales world. This is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. And I was good at it. But just because you're good at something doesn't mean you're passionate about it. Exactly. Wow. We have a very similar sales story. And Go so ahead. and so, I was going to these John Maxwell team conferences and going to these businesses and going to these, you know, and, and in all honesty, half the time I met the business owner, I didn't connect with them. I didn't even, we didn't have anything in common. And I was just, I was, I was trying to figure out what was the disconnect. And then somebody in the John Maxwell team saw me do a Facebook live and I had just hinted towards my past experience in LA and the John Maxwell team has had a dance team for a long time. And really what it was, was a bunch of I personalities that loved pom poms and high energy. And they got up there and they just jumped around with no real, you know, organization to it. And, and somebody said, why in the world do we have a, a dancer that used to dance for Justin Timberlake that actually knows what he's doing? Why do we have him sitting in the crowd and we have these people leading the dance team? And, and it was a joke, but, but nobody knew my history because I hit it. I didn't want anybody to know because I thought that part of my story would devalue me as the person I was trying to personify. Mm. I was trying to be this person. Well, when it leaked out who I used to dance for, they're like, hey, listen, um, the, the president of the John Maxwell team said, listen, we, we want you on that stage. And uh, not only do we want you on that stage, we're going to give you your own private spot. I just want you to dance on stage and, and, and kind of share your story. Now, the cool story about this was the audition place that I got discovered to move out to L.A. was the exact same place that this John Maxwell team conference is being held at. Oh, wow. Synchronicity there. And um, and when I walked in the first time, I got chills up and down my spine because I knew exactly <laughs> what hotel that was. Wow. But again, not ever thinking that that part of my life was valuable anymore. And so when they came to me, I, you know, I had a secret crying session because it was like God was knocking on my door saying, listen, I created you for a reason and it might not have looked the way that you wanted it to. It might not have gone exactly how you thought it was going to go, but listen, your time frame's not my time frame, And just because you think it's done doesn't mean I am done. <laughs> and, 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 and so I got up on that stage and I, I danced and I got to share a little bit of my story. And would you know, uh, I told them, I said, if you're going to have me dance, I can't dance in a suit. If I'm going to dance, I gotta, I gotta be me mm -hmm. on that stage. You're going to see the ripped jeans. You're going to see the long tail tees. You're going to see the tattoos. You're going to see the piercings. They said, bring it all. 
And so I brought it all. And that day, I kid you not, I must have taken 500 pictures with people. I connected with people in ways. They came to me and said, Jesse, I just need to tell you how much your story touched me. I need to tell you how much. I remember I remember having people come down to me and tell me that, uh, tell me that, uh, I remember this one guy came to me. He was in khaki pants, this old Hawaiian shirt and open-toed sandals. And he comes to me and he says, Jesse, my suit's up in the closet. <laughs> he said, my suit doesn't fit me either. And it, it was at that point, and, and that is really the point that my business took off. And it was, it was at that point where authenticity moved from a buzzword to a reality. Mm-hmm. It was at that point that I understood the value of being yourself. Here's the thing. You're not supposed to connect with everybody. No, nope. not everybody is your ideal client. And here's the thing. That's if right. you try to be somebody you're not, you're really not serving your client to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so, so niching down because really you serve at a better level to a small group of people that you're authentically connecting with than you could if you had a million followers and you're being somebody that you weren't designed to be. And so, and, and we live in an Instagram uh, filtered, you know, fake life. I mean, I can't tell you mm-hmm. how many people that are running Facebook ads right now that are leaning up against Bugattis and Ferraris and stuff that they're taking those pictures in a car lot because they can't afford to buy those cars either. (laughs) They're writing checks that their body can't cash. Yeah. They they, they really don't have, they, in fact, they probably have three clients paying them 150 bucks a month. Oh my goodness. But, 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 but the thing of it is, is that is, is that really, you know, I've had a chance to, to connect with some of the most successful people and, and spend time with some of the most successful people. And, 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 and I'm talking people that are making, no joke, five, 10, $15 million a year. Mm-hmm. And trust me, they aren't trying to be anybody but themselves anymore. <laughs> and, and if you, here's the thing, money does not, is not the ruler for your no. value. That's right. Because, and I had that first lesson when I sat in, in, in a party in Bel, in Bel Air when I was in LA. I went to a guy's house. We had a party. There was a thousand people in his house. I mean, this guy had, I mean, money, cars, women, whatever you he wanted, he could have. And he sat and talked to me after everybody left. We sat and talked to me. And we went out to his garage. We went out to his garage. His garage was bigger than his house. His house was worth $10 million. His garage was bigger than his house. He had Ferraris, Bugattis, Mercedes. I mean, he had everything. The contents in his garage were valued more than his home. Mm-hmm. And this guy sat and talked to me about how absolutely miserable he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Money can't buy you happiness. Absolutely miserable. Mm-hmm. It was at that point that I started to equate. Now, we have these moments where we realize it and then we lose it, right? But that was at that point that I really started to understand that you can't buy fulfillment. Absolutely not. You can't, but fulfillment starts when you start to understand not authenticity from a, from a buzzword standpoint, but authenticity from a real life standpoint. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Living from your heart. How does it feel? How does it, that's how I, I say with clients as well. How does it feel when you do this? How does it feel when you do that? That's how, you know, if we're listening to our bodies more, our feelings, yeah. that's where they sit in our bodies. If it's not connecting, you're gonna your body's gonna tell you, especially your I think your stomach uh, is number one here. But um, Lynn is saying hello. Hi Lynn, thanks for joining us. Hi Lynn. But yeah, no, that beautiful what a story. Um, and I think that's why I wanted to have you on the show. I mean, we only talked for maybe five minutes and I'm like, you gotta come on the show. Yeah, this is <laughs> that's that's beautiful um so you're you're basically you're you're showing just by what you're doing you're showing people how to this is what being authentic is this is what living authentic is and people are like i want what jesse has with that you know i i think i think 
and this is again where I'm going through a big pivot. So I've been, you know, I've been doing sales for a long time and, and I, about a month ago, um, and, and I, I'm going to tell this story out of pure transparency because I think on these podcasts, um, and, and these shows and these different kinds of things, I've been on a bunch of them and I listen to a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think what you can is, is you think that there's a point of arrival where all of a sudden you go through bumps and, and, and bruises, and then you hit that point of success and then the bumps and bruises go away. And, and so I want to tell this story out of a pure authenticity because I, that's just how I live and transparency. About a month ago, I hit burnout. Mm, um, about a okay. month and a, a month and a half ago, I hit burnout to the point where if you go on my Facebook feed right now, if you go on any of my social media platforms, you'll see where I was consistently posting content. And then all of a sudden, boop, I disappeared. Hmm. Yeah, and that's it, true. Okay. It got, it got to a point where I was doing things because it's what I thought I should be doing. Hmm. But, but there was a rub. And, and because I was, because I'm really passionate now about walking talking about and, and, and helping people embrace their design, embrace who they are. Don't try to be somebody else, right? I'm, a, I'm, I'm really passionate about helping people step into their purpose and realize that their dreams are okay and their dreams are valid. Their dreams are purposeful and you need to live them out. But I could monetize sales a whole lot easier. And, and I have a good sales process. We have a sales process that are changing businesses all the time, making them lots of money. And I was good at it. But I was starting to deep dive into my business and start to talk about like, what is it that I really wanted to do? And I started to realize that sales was what I was good at, mm-hmm. not what I really was passionate about. I was passionate about helping people. Yes but I wasn't passionate about helping them close another sale. And so, so I had to take a step backwards and, 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 and for any of you guys that, that feel that ain't don't wait till you burn out. Cause it got to the point where I literally sat on my couch for hours frozen because I was overwhelmed and I was experiencing panic attacks and experiencing anxiety because my heart and my spirit wanted to do one thing and my brain wanted me to do another. Mm, yeah, that disconnect. Right? Because sometimes mm-hmm. your logical mind, your 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 logical mind, your conscious mind operates a lot on fight or flight. Yes. And so that's where your fear comes from. That's where all that stuff and your non-conscious mind, it's it's there to serve you and, and give you a bunch of it's where all your ideas come from, right? Mm-hmm. Your spirit is constantly getting ideas. Well, a lot of times where you're Conscious mind and your non-conscious mind as a meltdown is when your conscious mind wants to ask one question that'll cripple you all the time. And that's how. <laughs> there are more dreams and more purposes that are buried. Yes. That question. And you don't stop because you don't know how. Mm-hmm. You start to explore because you don't know how. True enough. And, and where I was, I was the lie that I kept telling myself, how are you going to make money that way? Mm. How are you going to do that? How are you really going to make money that way? You need to stop because you're not going to be able to make, you're not going to be able to monetize it. You know, Trent Shelton and, and Eric Thomas and, you know, Lewis Howes, all those guys got that market on lock. You can't make money talking about purpose. Making buddy, making people feel fuzzy. So that's not going to happen. And so I was having this angst. And so what I needed to do, and it's okay to do this, is I needed to stop. Mm-hmm. And I needed to unplug. Okay. Yeah, that's. And 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 so in this in this day and age that we're in, so many people are like you got to be consistent. You got to be consistent, which is true. Never be a slave to consistency. Mm. And I was being a slave to consistency. 
like you're just going through the motions. You weren't really there doing it, doing it. Yeah. No heart. Exactly. Live, live from the heart and uh, that ego. I tell you, it's a tricky one. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. tricky. And it looks like Lynn is definitely resonating with what you're saying. She knows all about it. Yeah. And she's going through that lots lately. Yeah. She's going through a lot of growth. I know that for sure. And it's, it's not easy. Um, But it's it's something we need to do. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's how I feel about it. Um, I asked you at the beginning of the show. I always yeah. ask my guests, so we're going to go to this question. Um, so, how you know uh, collectively, how can we like at the collective energy help make your dreams come true? I love this question. I got a big smile on my face when you <laughs> asked this question because it made me so excited. Nice. I am super passionate about this, this, this one thing I'm going to say. Okay. And, and your, your word is so spot on. You said as a collective, because we are a body of people. Mm -hmm. Um, The arm cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Mm -hmm. There is not, there is not a body part on our body. Now, can you make it work? Sure, but it's a lot harder. So the best way that you as a collective can serve me to help me achieve my dreams is I need you to achieve yours. I need you to get out there and to do what you are meant to do because in all honesty, I can't do what I was meant to do to the fullest extent until you step in and start doing what you are meant to do <laughs> because we are a hundred percent connected. Yes, we are. You know, they talk about six degrees of separation and you know how many, well, you know, and I love hearing stories. Well, this happens. So then this happens. So then this happens. So this is, do you realize that your step that you take tomorrow could be the very thing that sets me up to crush it 10 years from now because you are willing to take your step it set me up to take mine. Same thing for me when I was sitting on that couch and I was feeling down and I was wanting to give up in all honesty because I was so frozen. The thing that kept me going was remembering, hey, listen, if I sit on this couch, it's not just affecting me, it's affecting you. And so, you know, for for those of you that are external people that don't get motivated by how things impact you, but you get motivated by how it impacts other people. Think about that. Think about the fact that you might have a best friend. You might have a, a loved one. You might have a family member that is waiting. Their dream is waiting for you to step into yours. Boom. I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Collective collaborative, you know, collaborating, it's aligning all of that energy. Uh, I love it. And then uh, this one, you, you had to think about this one when I asked yeah. you at the beginning, what does magic mean to you? <laughs> Man, I, this is such a good question. Um, I think magic is when something happens that was beyond your control that you never saw coming. Boom. And, <laughs> and, and it ties right in with, it ties right in with, with the with the previous question. And I think yes. about this a lot because, you know, Paul Martinelli, who is the, who is, the one that founded the John Maxwell team with John Maxwell, Mm -hmm. you know, he had several failed partnerships that happened prior to him partnering with John and the, the type of ask that Paul Martinelli gave is, is, is incredible. See many people had approached John Maxwell before and said, you know what, you should start a speaking and a training and a coaching certification program and uh, I'll run it for you. And what they really meant was, you should put all the money in. You should take all the risk. You should do everything. And then once you get it up and running, just put me in position and I'll, I'll, I'll run it for you. Paul Martinelli, his approach to John was this. Listen, how about this? 
How about I'll put in $400,000 of my own money, everything that I got. I'll put it all in. You don't have to spend a dime. I'll put in all the resources. I'll put all the time in. I'll hire the staff. I'll do everything. You don't have to do anything. On top of that, on top of that, I'll do all the marketing. I'll do everything. You just have to show up. And we'll start a speaking training coaching program. And, you know, John, Paul was the first person that ever gave John that kind of an offer. Now, John goes, here's the thing, Paul, if one person signs up for this, I have to deliver. If only one person decides to sign up, I have to deliver. So for the dates that you're requiring, I mean, you got to remember, John's the highest paid, highest paid non a celebrity speaker on the planet. He's 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 not cheap to bring into your organization above six figures, right? Yeah. And so John said, you are personally not John Maxwell team. You, Paul Martinelli, in the contract have to guarantee me a million dollars. So one person signs up, I don't care, you make five thousand dollars on bucks because I'm showing up. And Paul Martinelli looked at mm -hmm. John Maxwell and said, anything else? And John said, nope. He said, okay, write it up. Now, had Paul never taken that step, I never saw it coming that they would ask me to dance on stage. <laughs> I never saw it coming that that would be the very thing that gave me the leverage, the, the, the catapult to start to, to really uh, explode my business. That magic happened on that stage that day because it was something that was outside of my control mm -hmm. that I never saw coming. <laughs> yeah, it was already in motion. And yeah. you know what? Whether you inherently asked or did not ask, the universe is like, okay, you ready, Jesse? Yeah. Here we go. Here we no. go. <laughs> wow. You know what? I could go on for hours talking with you and, and discussing, uh, you know, the authentic self and all yeah. of your stories. You have so many stories. I can see why people come up to you, want pictures with you, are inspired by you. Um, I mean, the, the kids and the worship team alone are, are lucky to have you. So I yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> uh, now, where can everybody find you? Is Do you have any events that are going on? Anything special that people, where they can find you? How do we get a hold of you? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not going to be off of social media forever. Uh, so I'll be, I'll be coming back. Um, and, of course, you can connect with me on Facebook, Jesse. Uh, Jesse Smith or Jesse Paul Smith. Same thing on Instagram or LinkedIn. Okay. Um, I am going to be speaking uh, at um, a conference in Wausau, Wisconsin here called the Leadership Launch. Uh, it's called Launch Conference. Uh, and that is on April 7th in Wausau. Um, and I'll be talking about authenticity, but I'll also be talking about sales there. Um, and then um, if you're not part of the John Maxwell team, uh, I'll tell you hands down, it's been one of my greatest growth opportunities in my life. There's a lot of programs out there. I've, and I, I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins. I'm a big fan of, of, you know, Lewis Howes and all these other guys that are out there doing programs. But I'll tell you what, there is not another tribe like the John Maxwell team. And so, um, if you haven't had a chance, check them out. They're phenomenal. Um, you will not only grow personally, but you'll grow professionally. Those of you that are looking to be able to speak on stage better, have some content to be able to teach your tribe. They give you all that. It's, it's a, it's a great organization. And, and, you know, then you and I can hang out for four days, uh, four days every six months. Cause I go to every conference and, and I hang out with a ton <laughs> of people there. Wonderful. That sounds amazing. Yeah, definitely. So you guys know how to get a hold of Jesse. Uh, if you have any questions, please leave them below, even on the replay. We Jesse will make sure you get back to you. Anything for me, let me know. And uh, thank you again, Jesse, for coming on the show. I can't wait to see uh, what else she'll be doing in the future and uh, to meet you. You know, to come to one of these conferences. Yeah. That would be that would be something. That would be fun. That would be fun. I love. 
I love meeting people and, and, and I am the guy that wants people to come and, and chat with them, stop them in the hall. I might look like I'm a bulldog. Sometimes I get going and, and, uh, you know, people have to, to stop me, but, um, anytime you ever see me out, out somewhere or whatever, I love it when people stop me. So. Wonderful. All right, guys, have an amazing week. We will see you next week, same time. And hey, please remember, healing begins where the ego ends. Take care.